0: Very glad that you are here tonight in the Lord's house to worship Him. Number 485, we're going to start with, please, I have a shepherd, one I love so well, how he has blessed me, tongue can never tell. For on the cross he suffered, shed his blood and died, that I might ever in his love confide. Let's stand, please, to worship. bow before the Lord now, please, in prayer, and we'll just commit our evening service to Him. Our loving God and Father, we bow tonight in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. We come, Lord, to give thanks for the privilege we have of being in Your house, in the place of prayer. And we have come to offer our worship and our thanksgiving, Lord, for all that we have received from your kind and gracious and loving hand. We have received, Lord, so much. We have received all things temporal. We have received blessing upon blessing. We know that every good and perfect gift comes down from our gracious Father's hand, Lord, As we think about those temporal things and each way that we are taken care of, none of which we deserve, and yet, Lord, it is but only an indication of the far greater spiritual blessings that we have received in Christ. For today we know that we have been forgiven of our sins, Lord, we have been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, our Lord. We have been given, Father, the gift of everlasting life and the knowledge and the certainty that we will never be in hell. Father, we cannot begin to calculate. We cannot begin to add up, Lord, the great value and weight of everlasting life, of salvation so great, so rich, and so free. And, Lord, You've given that to us out of sovereign grace and nothing of what we deserve. For, Lord, we know that we would deserve to be cast away. We would deserve to be under judgment for our sin, but we have been forgiven by the matchless grace of our great Savior. Father, we were reading this morning Psalm 103, and how we can say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. For, Lord, we have been forgiven all our iniquity. We have been cleansed from all our unrighteousness and sin. And, Lord, as far as the east is from the west, so far have our iniquities been taken away from us. And, Lord, You know our frame and remember that we are but dust. And yet, Lord, the marvel of grace is that You receive from these vessels of, gra- of, of dust, You receive our worship, and our hearts and our spirits have been made anew we have the divine nature now. And dear Lord, as we come tonight to offer our thanksgiving and our worship and our praise, Lord, we know that all this is received on the merit of Christ and in His name. And we're thankful, Lord, that we have access by prayer the blood-sprinkled pathway tonight. So, Father, we are blessed beyond our measure, blessed beyond anything we deserve, and we want to give ourselves afresh tonight and say, Lord, here we are. Make use of us in some way, in whatever way You choose, because we want to be vessels sanctified and ready for the Master's use. So, dear Father, tonight... We pray your blessing upon this evening service. We are thankful for the opportunity given to us again to meet in this fashion. Bless not only everyone physically in the church, but, Lord, bless every family here represented. For, Lord, we all have needs. There are unsaved loved ones. There are those, perhaps, who have backslidden away, have drifted off, maybe cold in heart, We ask, Lord, your drawing back to the Savior again. We pray for your blessing to be upon each one represented here and all those watching online tonight. Everyone has their own specific need. Grant to them the help that is so necessary tonight. Dear Father, bless, we ask, those in our fellowship that are sick, the elderly, those set aside, pour out Your Spirit upon each one. Think of our sister Serene tonight as she grieves the loss of an aunt and an uncle, very short time period. Lord, bless her this week and in the upcoming funeral on Saturday. May the gospel message go out powerfully and may souls be brought to the Savior. We think of Mrs. Nichols tonight we pray your hand upon her for Mrs. June Hamilton. Lord, be with our dear sister and bless her in this time of her need. Bless Stephen and the entire family. We pray for Reverend Bodner in his hour of need. And Lord, we just bring all the ones who are in physical need. We think of Isabel and our Brother Ted tonight. Bless them. Father, receive our thanks for the blessed time we had last evening at the barbecue and the many visitors who were there and the people that were witnessed to dear lord pour out your spirit all we have so many needs lord and we are thankful to commit our care and our way and bless all of the outreach that goes out from this congregation lord hear our prayer tonight open the scriptures to every heart We ask these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's sing again to the Lord's praise, please. Number 556, 556 channels only, blessed Master. And we'll stand, please, to sing. Says in the fourth verse, witnessing Thy power to save me, setting free from self and sin, Thou who us to possess me, in the fullness, Lord, come in. We know that tonight we are saved by the Lord's grace. It is nothing that we have done; it is all of what the Lord has done on our account and done for us, and we can be thankful tonight for that. Now we pray. That once saved, the Lord will make use of us. We will indeed be his channels of blessing, that the Holy Spirit's power would flow into us and flow through us in order to make us useful in his service and to be an encouragement and to others around. Fourth verse. <sighs> Let me invite you to turn in your Bibles, please, for a congregational reading to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, at the opening verse. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgments. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God." And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou hast not received? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Now ye are full, now ye are rich. Ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God ye did reign, that ye also, we also might reign with you. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were, appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the off-scouring Of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons I warn you. For though ye have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love, and in the spirit of meekness? The Lord bless His Word to our hearts tonight. The Apostle Paul had not an easy task and a job to do in writing to the corinthian church he endeavored to encourage them where he could he endeavored to admonish them that where the lord had blessed them and where they were using the talents that they were given by god well he wanted them to know he was behind them he was with them but there were also many other areas that he had to take very stern words about. And it was not easy. It's never easy, you know, for a pastor or for someone who is in charge or put in oversight of a body of believers or people when those difficult things have to be said and spoken. But you know, friends, as the Lord gives grace, He gives grace not only to the speaker... But he does also give grace to the hearer. And it's good for us to have always a willing and open mind, an open heart, an open spirit to receive those things from the Lord and from his servants. May God bless his word unto your hearts tonight. Welcome to our evening service. I'm very glad that you are here tonight, and if you're with us for the first time in person or online, I want you to know you're very, very welcome in the Savior's precious name. It's great to see Mark and Joni Vanderfeist with us again tonight in the service. You folks are very welcome. We're happy that you're here. And I'm glad to have my daughter Esther with us here tonight in the evening service as well. And great to see Mrs. Nichols in the service tonight. We've been praying for you, Barb. We know that you've had some difficult times and health has been up and down, a bit like a roller coaster. But we're happy that you're here tonight. And of course, Debbie, you're here with your mom as well tonight. We're praying for these ones that we have known so long, have been a part of our fellowship for so many years, and it's difficult to see them go through their hard times. Ted was in the service this morning. And his sister was with him. I did not, never met her before, but we're very happy that she was in the service. And do please continue to pray for Isabel in hospital as she is recovering from her hip surgery. It's going to be a bit longer than anyone had anticipated, certainly not Isabel. She was hoping to have the surgery and be out the next day and be running. Well, it's not the case for her. She set aside, but the Lord does all things well. And so do please continue to hold up Ted in your prayers. Good to see Heather and Ron in the service tonight again. We had a recognition of their 50th wedding anniversary last night at the barbecue. There was a cake afterward, and we want to wish them all the best and continue to assure them of our prayers, Ron, for you. You know God's people have been praying for you and uh, encourage you for your 50 years of married life together the Lord would continue to answer your prayer and keep His hand upon you. mentioned this morning about Naomi Simpson, who gave birth to their second child, and her name is Mary Grace. And do remember the family, please, and Brother Simpson, in your prayers, the work continues in Prince George, and also the work in Williams Lake. That's been a bit of a Well, difficulty for them because they were expecting that Jonathan Eccles would be coming for the summertime to take over, well not take over, but certainly preach in the work in Williams Lake. But then because of the sudden death of Jonathan Eccles' father, he had to cancel his intention of coming here to Canada for the summertime. Do remember all of those situations before the Lord. We pray also for June Hamilton. She is getting increasingly weak And we pray the Lord would bless her and help her this time, and also Brother Bodner. Our sister Serene, she was in the service this morning. I'm not sure if she's here tonight or not, not this evening. But uh, Serene's uncle passed away a couple of days ago, and he had been sick for a little time. But the funeral service will be this coming Saturday at Chapel Ridge, and the details will have gone out already I will be going out in our church email. So do remember, Serene, please, in your prayers. Serene lost her own father when she was only five years old. And so the uncle that just passed away really was like a father to her and helped very much in her upbringing, in her family. And so this loss has been a double hit for Serene in the last little while. So we want to remember her in prayer. Remember, please, our prayer meeting on Wednesday night at 7.30. Brother Daniel Siman will be speaking this Wednesday. He is in Port Hope tonight, uh, preaching for Brother Cranston. And then our Lord's Day services next week at the regular same times, 11.6.30. A couple of advance announcements. In the next week is where the the youth, the Free Presbyterian Youth Camp takes place in Pennsylvania. And so do please pray for all of the young people who will be traveling there. None from our church are going this year, but we also want you to remember our Young Adult Bible Conference in the month of August. It will be the first week of August from the 2nd to the 6th of August, and Brother Andrew Simpson will be joining us, and so we're praying that God will go in front for all of the, de- of the details, both of the outreach and the outings and the ministry, the meetings each night. The Lord would bless Well, when we're thinking about advance announcements, we have one that's quite a ways down the road, but it's good for us to at least make some preparations. Next July, July the 1st to the 5th of 2024, there will be the International Congress for our denominations, both here in North America and in the Ulster denomination, and it will be now the time for them to host The Congress, that was supposed to happen a couple of years ago, but it got canceled, postponed because of COVID. And so, Lord willing, it's going to be going ahead next year. That gives you some time to make your preparations, your holiday plans. We hope that a good number from our own congregation, if you are able, would make the trek overseas to Northern Ireland and uh, make a holiday out of it as well. That's July the 1st to the 5th. We'll give you more details as they come about uh, later on. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise, number 408. 408, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Let's stand as we sing. Turn, please, now in your Bibles with me to John chapter 21. Gospel of John chapter 21. We're going to read from verse 18 to 22. The Lord Jesus is speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girded thyself, and walked whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake he, signifying by what death Peter should die and should glorify God. When he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went abroad this saying among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, as we have the word open now, we pray that we would draw encouragement and blessing And that we would be directed by the Spirit in speaking and in hearing. Lord, take away from us every distracting thought. We might know very clearly we are guided by the Holy Spirit. So Lord, hear this my prayer tonight. And come near and give help and unction, power from heaven. Lord, we do not step out in our own power. We dare not depend upon the arm of flesh. Lord, may there be encouragement for every believer here tonight. And Father, it might please you by your grace to save some soul. Hear our prayers now we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. If the police were to find you tailgating, then you would receive a summons and a ticket for following too close. But if you are a follower of Christ, you will never receive such a summons as that we cannot follow the lord too closely when jesus had been arrested and taken into the high priest's house we are told that peter followed afar off in the last chapter of john 21 as we are continuing our message from this morning and thinking about this subject, following the Lord intentionally and minding our own business. The conversation record- recorded for us between Jesus and Peter, the rest of the disciples hearing, the Lord did not rebuke Peter for his faulty love. He did not tell him that he needed to smarten up or pull up his socks and love the Lord Jesus better. But he simply said to him, knowing his weakness, Simon, follow me. Yet no sooner had the Lord said that to him, but Peter turned and he wondered, seeing John following, Lord, what will this man do? you've told me something about what my life will be and how I will die, but what about John? Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? How will, he, how will he die? But When the Lord Jesus replied to Peter, he said, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? And, of course, it showed a very mild rebuke The Lord gave to Peter, telling him virtually, Mind your own business, Peter, and pay attention to what I've told you to do. And if you mind your business and listen to my word that I've told you, keeping your eyes upon me, you will not go astray. You will be serving me with all your heart. So as we think about this subject And pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to take into account, take into our own hearts, what it means to intentionally obey the Lord, to intentionally follow our Savior, keeping our eyes fastened upon Him and paying attention to what the Lord has revealed to us so that we will follow Him and not be intruding into areas that are not our responsibility, it does not mean, I mentioned this morning, that we are to neglect care for our brothers and sisters. That's not what the Lord was meaning here at all. As a matter of fact, we are to be attendant to the needs of others, and we are to be interested in how they are advancing in their own spiritual life. The whole point was, We're not to be nosy about it. We're not to be getting involved in other people's affairs. We are to follow Christ with undivided attention. Whatever was going on in Peter's mind, it was a distraction from what Jesus had just told him. He was not listening. He wasn't paying close attention to what the Lord had said to him. How important it is for us, In the priority of serving our Lord, in the priority of following the Master, to stay on track and not to be diverted. We also thought this morning how important it is to follow the Savior without question or without undue questions, that is. And we consider that some questions are necessary and important. We have to know where we're going, we have to know if we're going to make a mistake. We want to ask the right questions, but not the intrusive questions. Not the questions that are not our business. God intends for each of us to be very careful that we follow Him closely. And we don't want to allow petty jealousies to rise up in our mind, seeing someone else who might be blessed, Seeing something else, someone else who may not have gone, been going through the same sufferings or trials that you and I are going through. And we're going to ask the Lord, why? How come them? Why me? How come this? No, those are not good questions to ask. In fact, they are questions that bring grief to the Spirit. And they set us back. Well, as we continue tonight, I want us to think in the third thought, this To follow our Lord on purpose with no turning back. To follow Him on purpose with no turning back. This was the last recorded word that Christ spoke to Peter. Now we don't know. Maybe He said other things to him. Certainly when all the disciples were gathered at the ascension the Lord said to all the disciples that they were to abide in Jerusalem and they were to be witnesses unto him. But that was to the whole uh, body together. But If the Lord said something else to Peter personally, we do not know. But this he did say, and this is recorded. And the Savior said to him, follow me. Would that not have taken Peter Back to the very first time that Jesus said that to him. You know the account three and a half years before, when the Lord had gone into the boat of Peter, a great catch of fishes. And the Lord Jesus turned to Peter, and he said to him, Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. You will catch men by the gospel. You will not be concerned anymore with the mundane things of this life. You're not going to be concerned with a temporal calling. I'm now setting on you a heavenly calling, and you're going to follow me, and I will lead you in the right way. At this point, where Peter was now in John 21, the Lord was soon to ascend to heaven. Those years had passed. Peter had observed many things of Christ, And as the Lord was going to ascend, Peter was about to begin his life work. The Holy Spirit would come down upon them at the day of Pentecost. They would be filled with the Holy Ghost, and Peter would stand up in the day of Pentecost clothed and anointed by the power of God, and stand and speak, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And then three thousand souls would be converted in one day? God's Spirit was upon this man in a way he had never experienced before. Yes, Peter's work was just beginning. It's good. It's good to have the call of God refreshed in our hearts. Three years ago, Peter, you're going to be fisher of men. But now, now the Lord Jesus is saying to Peter, follow me. Don't forget he had just recommissioned his servant from all the denials the love that Peter was able to state and reinstate to the Lord. Lord, You know all things. You know that I love You. Follow me, Peter. Every Christian has been called out of darkness to walk in the light and to be a witness of what we have received from the Lord's hands. We have received forgiveness of sins We have received the gift of eternal life. We have received all the rich spiritual blessings from the hand of our God. And the Lord has called us to step out in faith and to take the gift of salvation and communicate that as far and as wide as we can. And as we set ourselves to go forward in following Christ, we are not to look back. We are not to turn back. We have placed our hand going forward on the plow, and God has called us to serve Him and to devote our time and our life and our everything because He has called us that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. That's why He saved us, and that's why we are called to follow Him, we might serve the Lord. There are specific things that God will use us for. Some of them we have already experienced, but some of them are yet in the future. And it doesn't matter whether we know them yet or don't know them. The whole point is this. Follow Christ intentionally. Follow the Lord with all your heart and beware, friends, of being distracted or sidetracked from fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. Back in the Old Testament, we are given the account of Esther who had been made the queen in the Persian Empire. And Mordecai, her uncle told her very specifically, if you do not stand in this time, the time when the Jews were slated to be annihilated, if you do not stand, then God will raise up a deliverer from somewhere else. Esther, follow me, the Lord was saying. Sadly, some Servants that started out well do not end well. Gehazi. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, had a great opportunity to live his life out for God. He served in a time period of one of the most famous Old Testament prophets, Elisha. But Gehazi turned back, and he turned back for this reason, because of the love that he had for money instead of following the Lord. And when he went after Naaman, who'd been healed from his leprosy, And Elisha would not receive any gift from Naaman because he did not want Naaman to think for a moment that he could pay for his salvation, that he could somehow pay for the healing of his leprosy. This was a gift from God, and you're not going to pay for it, Naaman. But Gehazi, he could not stand that thought of seeing all that gold or all that money going out of his hands. And so when Naaman was down the road, Gehazi went after him and said, my master's had second thoughts here. Uh, We we really could use some clothing for some of the prophets. We could use a little sustenance here. And so Naaman gave to him. And Gehazi gathered what he had, went back and hid it in his tent, and then came back and stood before Elisha as if he had done nothing and gone nowhere. And Elisha knew immediately God told him. And he said, Gehazi, where have you been? nowhere. Is it a time, Gehazi, to be receiving money? Elisha knew. Gehazi turned back from following God, revealed his true heart, and the leprosy of Naaman now stuck with him and with his family. My friends, setting our hand to the plow of God, and keeping our eyes upon the Lord is plowing a straight furrow. And to plow that straight furrow for God, well, we keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus, and it will stop us from being sidetracked. It'll keep us from going off the rails and into bypath meadow, whereby we will waste many years, grieve the Spirit of God and lose our focus on Christ. Now, that's not a good thing. Jesus said to Simon, follow me. Too many have looked back, you know, and have fallen away, having loved this present world. Paul had to record such of a man called Demas. The gift of God was replaced with what? with the glitter and the tinsel of sinful attractions. It's a very high price to pay, isn't it? You think of getting the stuff of this world, and on the other hand, you forfeit or you trade in the calling of God. You trade in the benefit of serving the Lord and following Him. Ah, friend, let's be very careful, because if it comes to the end of days, and the following of Christ has been forsaken or neglected, it will go to show and prove that the heart of the matter was not right to begin with. Where do you stand today, friend? I ask you openly, are you saved by God's grace? Do you have the experience of redeeming grace in your heart? Do you know Christ as your own? You're online tonight. Maybe you've tuned in this evening for the first time by accident. Are you a believer in Christ? Are you saved by His grace? You cannot follow Him until first you have come to love Him as your Savior and your Lord. Let's move on. We are called to follow the Lord by counting the cost, counting the cost. Peter had just heard how his life would end by a martyr's death. How much that registered in his mind at the time, we don't know. But throughout the time they had been following Christ, they certainly knew that it was not going to be easy. He was very much aware of the controversy, of the attacks that came against Christ, of how he was shut out and marginalized. And how they tried to lay hands on him a number of times to kill him in his life. When Jesus said, Except a man take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. They heard that. When Jesus said that you will be persecuted for righteousness' sake... That men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. They knew it was not going to be easy. Did they know it meant a violent death for most of the apostles? Maybe not. However much they knew, they counted the cost of following the Lord Jesus. They counted the cost of what it meant and they were determined to go through to the end. They'd set the Lord before them. Jesus spoke about a person counting the cost of going to war. If the enemy they were going against had much larger army than they had, they would be good to use their head and say, we better send and see if we can get a truce here. See if we can manage this instead of being defeated. And he talked about the man going about to build a house. You better count the cost of the cost of the property, the cost of building supplies, the cost of the builders. Are you going to be able to finish this, or are you going to get the thing half done, and it's just then now a monument for your bad planning? The foolishness today of the prosperity gospel teachers is that you can name anything you want virtually by faith and you will get it name it and claim it but friends following the lord is not a ticket to an easy life following christ is not going to be get rich quick program no it doesn't work that way in fact the lord said if you follow me you'll be taking up your cross daily there will be a burden, there will be a price to pay, and you'd better count the cost. For all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's the very opposite message, you know, that's being proclaimed today by some, that that's the ticket to success by just praying and Saying that you're a follower of Christ. No, friend, it doesn't work that way. The Apostle Paul, who was the most prominent apostle of the New Testament and a man privileged to see visions of heaven, who saw Christ had risen from the dead on the road to Damascus, a man who was privileged to plant the seed of the gospel in many, many cities across Asia. Europe, how did he end up? Was he a prosperity gospel preacher? Did he see the income of all that? No, at the end, he was imprisoned. He was cold. He did not even have the right clothing. He was hungry. He was friendless. Having given up all of his life's goods, For why? For what reason? That he might win the crown of Christ. He put it this way, that he might win Christ. That he might know the Lord. The Apostle Paul counted the cost of what it would be of following the Son of God. I wonder, friends, have we counted that cost tonight? we are also to follow our Lord Jesus without counting the cost. I want you to notice the added emphasis we have in verse 22. Jesus saith unto Simon, to Peter, if I will that John tarry till I come, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. So the first time he simply said to Peter, follow me. But then Peter interjected about John. What's he going to do? Now the Lord becomes very specific to Peter. He said, Peter, follow you me. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. It was a very direct primary responsibility that was upon Simon He was to be accountable for his own decisions. Now, friend, this meeting on the shore of Galilee with Christ, it was a turning point in Peter's life. He was recommissioned for his service, and once endued with the Holy Spirit, he would now blaze a trail for the Master. Not considering riches, not thinking about fame or Provision? No, he had put all on the altar for Christ, and he did not count the cost of what he would lose. For Peter, this would mean stepping out against all opposition, not caring about the outcome. He would be cast into prison on more than one occasion— And he would lie down, chained between two Roman soldiers, and go to sleep, and sleep peacefully, knowing that the next day he was to be executed. But that night, the angel came, broke the chains, opened the doors. And where did Peter go? Did he run off into the wilderness, the the forest? No, he went back to the temple. And he began, he continued preaching the same message for what he was arrested for. He didn't fear the face of man anymore. He didn't fear the consequences of being put in jail. No, because the Peter was not counting the cost of what it meant to follow the Lord. Oh, it was important for every person to think what this is going to mean to begin with. But then you have to cast all that aside and say, Lord, I'm in this because you've called me. I'm here saved to serve you, and I want to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Not everyone who follows the Lord will be called to leave home and country, but some have been called to such a path. They have left maybe a lucrative job. They've left their family, business, promising career. And why? so that they may serve and follow their Lord." The cost may have seemed very high to onlookers, may have seemed too high actually, but they were serving an unspeakably greater and higher cause. When the missionary David Livingston, who was the explorer missionary in Africa, When he returned back to England, he was giving a report. He was asked to speak about the experience that he had and of what he had given up to follow Christ to Africa. He replied, I have not given up anything to follow and serve Christ, certainly nothing by comparison to what Jesus had given up for him. That was the spirit of a man who has said, I cast all my life into the hands of my Lord, and I will follow Him no matter what, and I don't care what the cost is, because when I think about what my Lord did for me, what what, what am I giving up? What's the cost to me? Then the Apostle Paul, he said, I have suffered the loss of, of all things, that I may win Christ. So on the surface, he stated the cost. But in reality, it was not something to sorrow over for him. He said, I have learned how to abound. I have learned to suffer need. I have learned to put everything on the altar for my Lord. And I am happy because I will have the prize of the crown that He has promised for me. But He said, not to me only, but to everyone that names the name of Christ, everyone who loves the Lord Jesus. Everything He had from His birth, His heritage, His upbringing, His status, His place, they were all counted to Him as excrement. They were all counted. Nothing. Nothing. That he might win Christ. Eric Liddell was a very gifted Scottish athlete. He excelled in rugby and in running. After very stunning victories in track, in an amateur track competition in 1923, he tried out and made the British olympic track team and he was set to compete in 1924 in the paris olympics his race was the 100 meter run but it was scheduled on the lord's day and so liddell took his stand and he said i will not run in that race Liddell was a devout Christian. He was brought up in a Christian home. He professed faith in Christ at an early age, and he believed very strongly in the Christian Sabbath. And so instead of running on that day in that race, he signed up for the 200 and 400-meter race. Now, if you know anything about track and field, if you've been training for all that you've been doing in one particular race, the 100-meter one, that is your expertise. And for a man to drop out of that race and then say, I'll run in the 200 and 400, for us, we might not get it, like, what's the big deal? But you're involved in track and field, it is the biggest deal because everyone said, this man's going to be last place in the 200 and 400-meter. He's going to lose everything. And so much to the shock and the stun of everyone... He ran in the 400 meter race and won, won gold and beat the world record. And of course, anyone who knew him and knew the circumstance believed that God had honored him. Because the Lord tells us that he will honor those that honor him. So, what happened to Liddell? Did he go on and continue in a track career? He could have done so. Would have probably made a bigger name for himself doing many more things. But the next year, 1925, he left England, Scotland, and went to China to serve as a missionary. And there he served faithfully and saw a work done for the Lord until in 1945 he was arrested and put in a prisoner of war camp And there he died in that camp. He died of a brain tumor. Ah, friends, he didn't count the cost of what it was to follow the Lord. Do we count the cost of living for Christ? Do we hold back our lives from Him? We have only one life to live, And as vapor, it's passing away. We must labor for treasures of worth. Ere toil ends at the close of the day. Another hymn writer wrote, By and by when I look on his face, Beautiful face, thorn-shadowed face, By and by when I look on his face I'll wish I had given him more. More. So much more. More of my love than I ever gave before. By and by when I look on his face I'll wish I had given him more. Yes friends we've thought of what it means of following the Lord, counting the cost and not counting the cost. And I close with this. To follow Christ, it means to pay close attention to every word of His. You'll notice in verse 23, it says, Then went that saying among the brethren that John literally would not die. When Peter inquired about John, Jesus said, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. It was a personal word to Peter as he would have enough to be occupied to keep himself on track. In other words, he was saying, Be concerned about the matters that you are accountable for, and don't be worried about other things. Leave all these matters to the chief shepherd. The Lord would take care of it. Sometimes we're more concerned with, well, managing things that are out of our control than taking care of the things that are in our control. Let's be very careful about that. We understand clearly now that the Lord was directing Peter to keep his eyes in focus on the command that He had given to him, but the whole misunderstanding of the disciples' About John, it would remain that he would remain until Christ would return again and not die. It boiled down to one word, one word, the word if. It is rather a fascinating study to see how many controversies and doctrinal errors have arisen in church history. When God's Word has not been taken literally and has not been taken as the verbally inspired, inerrant Word of God and it's been added to or it's been taken away from. And so much trouble has come to the church over the centuries with a very negative impact on the lives of Christians and has been the seedbed of cults and of false doctrines and teachings distorted, either intentionally or by mistake. The Lord Jesus tells us that not one yodh or not one tittle will pass from His Word. And He was referring to the Hebrew language, the smallest Hebrew letter, yodh, and the smallest the smallest distinguishing mark, the tittle of the accent. Paul shows us in Galatians chapter 3 a major proof that Christ came through the covenant promise given to Abraham, and Paul argues this by distinguishing a singular and a plural word. He said, Now Abraham, and to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made, and he saith, Not to seeds, plural, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed. So the whole argument and doctrinal import of Christ coming through Abraham is brought down to one letter, singular, plural. Friends, should we pay attention to God's Word? Is it important enough to us? Should we be watching and listening the words that Jesus has spoken and what the Holy Spirit has given to us? How vital is every word? Let us not jump to conclusions. This also emphasizes for us as believers the authority of God's Word, the Scriptures in a believer's life. It is the rule of faith and practice for us. It's what we are to take and to follow and to obey. We need it to seek guidance. We need the Lord's Word for His counsel and instruction. We need to stay on course. And we need to know the blessing of God in our lives. We have the promise that All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, he may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It is good that we have the Word of God complete. And without error, friend, you can Trust in the Lord tonight. You can trust His Word. And we are to be very careful to follow the Word of God precisely. So in conclusion, we just bring this to an end tonight. Think about these things. If we follow the Lord faithfully, we will promote Him and not ourselves we'll promote the lord jesus and not us we will have the mind of christ for every thought and every action this is what it comes down to it's the rubber meets the road the nuts and bolts of well what does it mean to follow christ what does that look like it looks like this we will promote the lord in our life and not ourselves we we are going to have his mind for all of our thoughts and our actions Thirdly, we will seek ways of serving Him. We're going to ask the Lord, Father, how may I serve Your kingdom? How may I serve my Lord, Jesus? Not just in some sort of five-year, ten-year plan. No, how may I serve Him now? How may I serve Him today? That's a good question to ask. And we will seek His glory in all things. Not ourselves, but Him. And then, friends, as we concluded this morning's message, so I do so tonight, that we will fulfill our life purpose. Are you following the Lord tonight? Are we serving Him? Let's pray to that end that as a people individually and as a congregation united, we will give ourselves with that intention and purpose. And if we say, yes, Lord, that's what we want, then God will answer that prayer. He will bless us. He will multiply us. And we're seeing those answers of people coming. Let us pray that as they do, the Spirit of God will arrest them, save them, and they themselves will be disciples to share the Word with others. May God bless His Word tonight. Let's close our service by singing hymn number 549. 549. We'll stand as we sing. Lead us, O Lord. By thine omniscient eye, only thy ways shall ever satisfy. Dark is the path, our steps are yet unknown. Show us the light of thine eternal throne. Let's sing to the Lord's praise. Father, we give thanks today for the great joy and privilege of being in Your house, of having the Word open before us. Father, ever help us to rest more resolutely, with more confidence upon the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God And as our Savior has spoken, as the Holy Spirit has given the word, that our life will be guided by it. Let the authority of Scripture always be reinforced in our minds. Dear Father, I pray that we will walk in the light, that we will walk in the truth of our risen Redeemer, and that we will hear those words echoing to us constantly. Follow thou me. So, Lord, hear our prayers. Save any who are without Christ here, any watching online. And, Father, we pray that our lives will be a light, it will be an encouragement, and that we will fulfill our life purpose. Part us now, Lord, in your fear, with your rich blessing.